0: Thank you Spence, Uh, Wayne and Catherine I hope you're not tired of hearing people tell you that you've outdone yourselves, Uh, but you have. This has been extraordinary and thank you and I'm delighted to be back. Uh, I had many questions at the table and tonight about dietary supplements, about vitamin D, about aspirin. I will be happy to answer such questions, but I tried to think what I could tell you uh, tonight that would be exciting to you. And I thought that uh, I would share with you what I'm most excited about in medicine at the moment. And that is a really, I think, a revolutionary new view of the human organism and its relationship with microorganisms. When I was in medical school uh, in the 60s, I learned that the human gut, uh, the colon, has a large population of microorganisms, of bacteria, yeasts, and fungi. And these were essential for digestion, but had no action outside of the gut. Um, In those days people who took probiotic supplements like acidophilus were health nuts and uh, Doctors had no interest in recommending them Uh, There is a new view emerging of what's called the human microbiome Which is this population of microorganisms that is absolutely revolutionary has tremendous implications for clinical medicine and for personal health And I think you should all be aware of this it turns out that this population of microorganisms is, first of all, a, a major part of our biological life. In terms of just sheer amounts of it, there is far more microbial, micro, uh, my, microbial DNA than human DNA in our bodies. And these organisms turn out to be major influences on our relationship with the environment. Um, One of the great mysteries in health, public health today, is why there has been such a rise in allergy and autoimmunity in western developed countries. Now, allergy is virtually unknown among hunter-gatherer societies. Uh, Autoimmune diseases are virtually unknown in those societies. There has been a tremendous worldwide increase in asthma, including in areas where there's no air pollution, and we don't have an explanation for that. And I think this is all going to turn out to be explainable in terms of changes in the human microbiome. Uh, And it also turns out that the organisms that we have in our gut may be major determinants of our mental emotional life as well, as well as influencing our risks of chronic disease of all sorts. This is a very hot area of research at the moment. It's going on in, in many university laboratories at Stanford and other places. And let me just give you one, uh, you know, talk to you about one problem which I think is quite mysterious, and that is why we have seen this tremendous rise in intolerance to gluten. Uh, You know, gluten, it's a horrible name, first of all. It suggests glue and gluttony. You know, it sounds like a terrible thing. This is the main protein in wheat and in many other grains. Grains and wheat have been has sustained human life for millions of year, for thousands of years in many parts of the world. Why suddenly should we be seeing this incredible rise in gluten sensitivity? Uh, one argument is that the genetics of wheat have changed. You know, people argue that we have been breeding wheat for higher and higher gluten content. Yes, that's possible, but I don't think that can explain what we're seeing. Uh, I made several trips to China in the past few years, and any Chinese restaurant you can order gluten as a protein. You can get glu- sweet and sour gluten, gluten with black bean <laughs> sauce. I asked a lot of Chinese about gluten sensitivity; head shake and disbelief. They never heard of it. Same thing in Japan. So this is something that's happening in the North American population and in, in Western Europe as well. Uh, there is a. Population of people who have celiac disease a very well-known entity We can test for celiac disease for those people gluten is toxic and sets off an autoimmune reaction That's very damaging to the intestinal tract Some people are allergic to wheat we can test for wheat allergy That's a little less precise than testing for celiac disease, but that's an also a known entity but the vast majority of people today who are gluten sensitive There's no test for this. This is a patient driven diagnosis. You know, people hear someone down the street is intolerant to gluten. They've heard, read books about this. They uh, go to their doctor and say, you know, they have headaches and vague aches and, and mental fogginess, and they try going off gluten and they feel much better. Now, the problem with that is that when anybody changes diet, it's not easy to change the way you eat. That represents a tremendous shift of mental energy. And any changes that you see resulting from dietary change can be explained purely in terms of a placebo response. So it's very hard to disentangle that. And many people, when they go off gluten, don't, or stop eating donuts and pizza and bagels and things that are not great. However, I would also say that with the rise in gluten sensitivity. There is a tremendous flood of gluten-free junk foods on the market today. So <laughs> that's another problem. However, I think the, you know, what we're seeing can be explained in terms of changes in the human microbiome. The bi- microbiome, first of all, the microbiome in human beings differs in different parts of the world. There are dramatic differences in the types of organisms that predominate in people in Africa, for example, and people in North America. And even in our population, there's a great deal of individual difference. We can begin now to, to type your microbiome, much as we can do blood types. It's still crude at the moment, but one day, we're going to be able to do very very detailed tests of the organisms that you have within you. And these organisms, as I say, are major determinants of your health. Now there are f- There is reason to think that the microbiome in the North American population has changed drastically in the past, say, 40 or 50 years. And I think there are four factors that account for this. And I'm sure you can suggest some of them. Tell me what you think some of them are. Antibiotics, number one. There has been a tremendous use of antibiotics. Antibiotics wreak havoc with the microorganisms in your gut. Uh, I have to say, and this is a very cynical view, that I think antibiotics are needed in probably 10% at most of the instances in which they're prescribed. Uh, and that is, a, it, that is awful. And not only are we getting antibiotics prescribed in that way that we don't need, but we're also receiving antibiotics in residues, in dairy products, in animal products that, where they're used widely, even in water as a result of antibiotics being flushed down the toilet and getting in from one way or another. That's been a tremendous influence on the human microbiome in this part of the world. What else besides antibiotics? Stress. No. <laughs> Diet. Okay, there has been a tremendous change in eating habits in North America, in that, that people, most people are not eating real food anymore. You know, most people are eating industrialized food-like substances that, that encourage the growth of very different microorganisms from what real food does. That's a huge change in the past decades. Third, one that you might not think of so easily. Can you think of another factor? No. (laughs) The alarming rise in cesarean delivery. Do you know that now one in four births in this country is a cesarean delivery? And the vast majorities of these are done not for medical reasons. They're done for the convenience of doctors, patients, or both. When babies are born vaginally, the organisms that they pick up come from the Birth canal, and the organisms, the, the, pop, the, the gut is sterile at birth, but it's immediately colonized by these microorganisms. And the organisms that are picked up in the first few weeks of life are established for life. And once they're there, it's very hard to change them. So when babies are born vaginally, the organisms come from the birth canal. When babies are born by cesarean section, they come from the mother's skin, a totally different population of organisms. There is no other country in the world which has such an an incredible rate of doing C-sections as we do. The fourth factor is the decline in breastfeeding. Breast milk has very unusual carbohydrates in it that are indigestible. The human body cannot digest them or get energy from them. What are they doing there? You know, it takes energy to make these things. These are complicated sugar molecules. They're there because they're prebiotics that feed certain microorganisms to the exclusion of others. So I think the combination of these four factors, that is the widespread use of antibiotics, the decline, the rise of cesarean section, the decline in breastfeeding, and the increased consumption of fake food has drastically changed our population of microorganisms. And I think this is where the explanation lies for things like the rise in gluten sensitivity, the rise in peanut allergy, the rise in asthma. But more interesting are the possibilities that this may also be an explanatory factor in the rise of autism in childhood, of ADHD, because when organisms change in the gut, Digestion is disturbed, the gut becomes permeable, and complexes of molecules that normally would not get out into the general circulation get out there and can stimulate immune reactions in other parts of the body. This is, as I say, this is a huge new idea on the horizon of medicine. Now, one of the questions that immediately arises is how can you shift your population of microorganisms? The researchers that I know in this field are not that enthusiastic about probiotic supplements. You know, it's not clear that taking them does much. However, I would say to you, if you ever are put on an antibiotic, it's essential that you stay on a probiotic supplement for the whole length of time, and probably for some time afterwards that you take an antibiotic. The people that I know are much more enthusiastic about eating fermented foods. And I think this is something which is not very common in our culture, but is very common in other parts of the world, in Asia, for example. So what are fermented foods? This is things like fresh sauerkraut, kimchi, kimchi, miso, Real pickles, now I say real pickles because most people don't know that a lot of the pickles out there are fake pickles. (laughs) Real real pickles are sour because of lactic acid which is produced by microbial fermentation of sugars and vegetables. Those kinds of pickles need to be refrigerated, they fizz when you open them, they have a wonderful tangy taste. Fake pickles are made by pouring hot vinegar which is acetic acid, over vegetables. Those are dead, they have no living cultures in them. So I think it is a very good strategy to begin adding fermented foods to your diet. Yogurt, fermented milk products are also in that category. It's very easy, by the way, to make pickles at home. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in Japan and lived with Japanese families. Every Japanese family makes pickled vegetables every day. You know, they've got a crock of these going all the time, and you eat them at every meal. Often that's the end of the meal is pickles and and rice. They can be made in as little as 24 or 48 hours, and they have very active uh, cultures in them. So I think this is, you you pay attention to this new research that's coming out. I think this will turn out to be a major explanatory uh, factor for many of the diseases that have become prevalent in our society that we don't now have good explanations for, as well as offering the possibility of opening new kinds of treatments. You may have read uh, already, this is not... I won't go into detail in the middle of dinner about this, but you may have read of the incredible success of using fecal transplants as the only successful treatment for clostridium difficile infection, you know, a terrible infection that's hospital acquired, and this works. Now, I think very shortly we'll have more aesthetic ways of of doing this, of putting uh, other populations of organisms into the human gut. But I would say to you for the moment, follow this research, read about it. And the, the most important things I can tell you are don't eat refined, processed, and manufactured food. And there's all sorts of reasons for not doing that, because that's really the cause of all our nutritional troubles in this society. Uh, Don't take antibiotics unless there is a very clear medical reason for doing that. You do not take these for viral infections, which is the commonest reason that they're given today. It's a very lazy, sloppy kind of medicine. Discourage people from having cesarean deliveries unless they are medically necessary. And encourage breastfeeding. Eat fermented foods. You know, and try to find ways of including these more in your diet, and read up on this. This is just fascinating stuff. It is, I think, a very big new idea out there, and you are not just a human being. You are a hybrid organism, uh, and that the, the hybridization is between you and microorganisms that play a vital role in determining your interactions with the environment at large. So I'm going to stop there, and I'll be happy to answer some questions on that topic or anything else.